listening to NPL Rocking Radio live from New Hashtag Learn Primary School. This is the NPL Rocking Radio Station. I'm Freya. And I'm Mona. And today we will be interviewing... Jason, the philosophy man. Jason, how long has your longest debate been about and what was it? Well, I can remember when I was when I was sort of your age, I had a friend, Michael, who then, he went back to New Zealand eventually, but we had this long-running debate about whether space was bigger than the universe or the universe was bigger than space. He thought that the universe was bigger than space and I thought space was bigger than the universe because I thought that once the universe ended, there would be still be space carrying on outside it. And he said the universe included everything, so it had to include space and the stuff that was not space. So, so we, we, we just kind of kept that going for ages. But the debate I've had running longest in my head now is I think whether having a good life is more about um, like being successful, achieving stuff, or is it more about enjoying the things you're doing and like the relationships you have? And I think that's just something I always wonder about and my view on it seems to change as I get older. Why do you like working in philosophy? I mean, I, I love philosophy because um, you can never quite tell what's going to happen. You know, I, I get bored really, really easily. Um, before I started getting into being a philosophy teacher, I used to change my job every couple of years. I did all sorts of things. But the nice thing about philosophy is even if you've asked a question a hundred times, someone will give you a different answer. Um, and I just enjoy, to be honest, I really enjoy working with children. I also find marking books really boring, and that's why I don't work as a school teacher anymore, because there's so much marking you have to do, and I never have to mark anything, because we're always talking about stuff. How many stores do you work in per year? Oh, per year. Um, well, I reckon um, I probably work in about 30 schools a year, something like that, and my colleague Tom probably works in a similar number, so between us we go to about 60 different schools. And then we do lots of classes online as well. For, you know, we, in a way, we have like our own online school. But a lot of those children don't go to school. Um, so, yeah, so about 60 plus our own. Why do you do this job? Why do I do this job? Um, I, really, I really enjoy... I enjoy having fun with kids doing stuff that is very kind of like... It's all live and it's happening there. So um, it's a bit like you're making something up together. Um, and I enjoy finding out what children think because they always make me think as well. Um, sometimes more than adults do when I do this with adults because adults are a bit more predictable. Children say all sorts of things that make you think new things about stuff. And I enjoy thinking new thoughts. Can you tell me more about your job? So... We, we do a mix. I mean, we do quite a lot of days where we go into schools and we train teachers for the day. But there's only about five days a year when teach, when most schools have their teacher training days. So most of the time we go in, we might do an assembly, work with different classes during the day. And then afterwards, we'll talk to the teachers who've been watching what we do. Kind of, you know how in maths you sort of show you're working and you show how you did something. Well, in the session after school, we sort of talk to the teachers about why we did what we did with that particular class because the whole idea is that they can then run similar lessons with children when we've gone you know so we sort of skill them up to do what we do 
Do you think that a glass is half full or half empty? Now, um, now this is the thing as well. Sometimes, every time people ask me a question, I give different answers to it as well. Um, but, but the one I gave yesterday when someone asked me this was, I think it's half empty if it started out full and you've had half of it, then your glass is half empty because you've already drunk half of it. But if you're filling up a glass and it's then half full because you haven't filled it all the way, then I think it's half full. So I think it depends whether it's gone to halfway from being full or from being empty. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Early this morning, year five began their nature-friendly school program. These include a well-modded area, a fairy garden, a bug hotel, wormy, and a series of raised beds which will be used over the next few years to grow both flowers and vegetables. Year 5 have adopted an overgrown patch of grass and weeds at the rear of F1 to be turned into a wildflower meadow. We'll explain later on how things went, but we thought you'd like to know a little bit about meadows. A meadow is commonly known as a bit of wild grass and, use, and is used as pasture land by animals. The term pasture originates from the Latin word pastus, which means to graze or feed. So we now know that New Pastureland School was originally built in the early 1980s on what we now call Pastureland or a large meadow. But why are meadows so important? During the summer, the kaleidoscope of plants and flowers found on a meadow act as a super pollinator hub for many insects, in particular our friends, the bees. These buzzy friends spend most of their short lives of five to seven weeks supporting their queen and being attracted to the many scents and colours of the wildflower meadows. Yes, they collect nectar and pollen, helping to pollinate plants that they land on. They're also known as super shoppers who use an internal spatial navigation, a type of BGPS to find and remember. Not bad for a creature with a brain the size of a pinhead. On returning back to their hives a few miles away, they return the nectar and tell the other bees how to get the best plants by using something called the waggle dance. One of the most important plants that is found growing in a meadow is a meadow sweet. Which has been with us for hundreds of years, so much for it was sacred to the Jews, a medicine used to relieve pain, similar to the way aspirin works. There are meadows close to water and even on the highest gardens of Scotland. Therefore, the ability to help bees to go to meadow to meadow via a bee highway is very important. But sadly, due to many years of decline, we have lost nearly 75% of our meadowland due to building, pollution and global warming. All of this is having a profound impact on the meadows. And as there is over one third of what we eat is pollinated to keep nature balanced, we really need to help all of our super pollinators. Can you give me an example of a debate? Oh, OK. So I'm trying to think of what... One of my favourite favourite ones, the one that seems to get the most argument going, was a question I sent out once, uh, can it ever be wrong to forgive someone? And it was all I sent out. I was in a hurry one week and I didn't have time to write a story or anything like that. So I just sent out that one question and had more people coming back saying, my class is still talking about this three weeks later than some of the stuff I've spent ages on. I think it's because we normally think forgiveness is a good thing but then sometimes people have done awful things and you feel if you forgive them, you're saying it wasn't so awful. So you can just keep on thinking about it. What type of questions do you come up with? Ooh, um, I like questions that 
sound a little bit like a riddle. Um, am I going to be able to think of one? So, so questions that like are the opposite of what you would normally think. For example, um, uh, well, that, that, that last one, can it ever be wrong to forgive someone? You're taking something that's a good thing and asking what's wrong with it, or taking something that's bad and asking what's good for it. Like, um, what is what is anger good for, or something like that. So questions that are turning your normal thinking upside down. Those are my favourite kind of questions. What would change your mind about um, doing debates? Oh, okay. Now, that's really because because I, I do do. I mean, like philosophy is a bit like a debate, but you're you're having discussions. You're all you know. If you you might all end up agreeing with each other, but I do do debates as well, where you've got like this side and this side, and this side's trying to win the argument. You know, so it's a bit more of competition, and. Um, I, it, I would I would change my mind about that if I thought that I was making more people who are like some of our politicians, like perhaps Mr Boris Johnson. I don't want to create an army of mini Boris Johnsons who think they're right about everything and can talk absolute nonsense completely confidently, even if they haven't even read the papers they were given to read. Blah, 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 blah. You know, so so I wouldn't want to think that by getting people to do debating I was doing that. But I think there's a way of doing it that's more kind of fun and playful. So it's a bit like play fighting with your brain and enjoying each other's ideas, not being like, I am the great man who knows the answer to everything and I will defy your puny arguments with my enormous brain and crush you, you fool. You know, that sort of cruel debating is not what I'm into. So, How could you disagree with yourself in philosophy? Oh, how do I disagree with myself in philosophy? Um, what I do is I listen to myself and then I argue back with myself. So, for example, I would say, can you ever forget, a bit like if you've ever heard, if you've ever seen The Lord of the Rings with Gollum and he has these two different voices, my precious, my precious, no, we mustn't. It's a bit like that. You have a talk with yourself. So like, can it ever be wrong to forgive someone? Well, I think it can because if someone's done something really awful and you then forgive that person, you're saying that what they did wasn't that important in the first place. No, 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 that's complete nonsense because um, you can forgive someone while still telling them and letting them know that what they did was absolutely awful. It's just you're a better person than they are, so you're willing to forgive them even though they're an awful person. Yes, but what about the person they did it to? The person they did it to might feel that if you forgive that person, then you're saying that the person they did it to doesn't matter as much as the person you're forgiving. Yes, but you can have sympathy for the person they did it to as well as the person who did it, you know, because you haven't got like a limited amount of sympathy and there's only enough to go around for one person. It's not like a not like a sympathy pizza and you can only have one slice each. Um, that's the sort of thing, yeah? Um, I could do that all day. Um, but if I did, I'd probably get locked away because people would think I was crazy. <laughs> um, I've got one more. Mm -hmm. Normally, on a daily basis, how many times... Do you talk to yourself? Do I talk to myself? How many, how many, <laughs> no. How many, how many times on a normal basis do I talk to myself? No, I mean like the... Well, you can't say them, but, it, but they do really often. Um, how often do I do it? Now, I, I, I only tend to do that if I'm either demonstrating how philosophy works or <laughs> I am trying to write... Like, because I, I write lots of like stories and dialogues and things like that to get people thinking about philosophy. So if I'm doing that, then I will talk to myself and I'll try and remember what I said, both of me. Um, but but yeah, I don't do it every day. Um.
What a lovely day for surfing the Bee Highway for pollen. Greenlee happened to mention before we set off this morning that there was a new wildlife meadow being created by New Pasture Lane Primary School that she's heard about during one of her regular Zoom calls with the other Queen Bees this week. So, I'm using my amazing Bee GPS to locate it. Not bad for someone with a brain the size of a pit head, eh? As a super pollinator, my job is to locate plants and flowers that produce pollen and return it back to our hive to be turned into honey. Oh, there it is, on top of that hill. Whoa, it's amazing, full of meadow sweet. I'll certainly be wagging the location when I get back. I'm Will. And I'm Bradley. And we're going to be continuing our interview with... Jason, the philosophy man. How long have you been doing this? Um, so, I think, well, I've been doing it for work since about 2009, but I think I've been doing philosophy since before I knew what philosophy was. I had a very good friend of mine, Jeremy, we grew up in the same village, and he's now a philosophy lecturer in a university in Belfast, but we used to just have long, long conversations, which I now realise were about philosophy from when we were about nine or ten years old we just meet up and chat about big questions for ages what questions do you think could like could people answer for like ages and not get the right answer well Mm. right or wrong answer okay um i think they have to be about things i think i think questions where you've got an idea that's more complicated than it seems so, for example, like fairness, yeah, you know, when some when someone says that's not fair, they think they know what they mean. But actually, if you look at fairness, you've got like, is fairness about getting the same? Is it about getting what you deserve? Is it about getting rewarded for what you've done? Um, does it have to be different depending on where you've come from and so on? You know, so, so there's so many different bits to fairness that it's not as simple a question as it seems. So questions that are more complicated than they look when you first ask them. That's that's definitely one type of question. So, um, how many schools have you been into over, what, maybe the last decade? Well, I mean, this is the interesting thing. I, I, mean, I, I haven't added it up, but I think I must have been in, because I quite often go back to schools, but I've easily been in at least 250 different schools, probably over 300 since I was last at this school in 2012. But I can still remember this school from when I was here, uh, what's that, uh, 11, 11 years ago? Yeah. So. What is your favourite philosophy question to ask to young guardians? Ooh, to younger ones. Um... That that changes because it's quite often the one I can I can remember from you know last time I was working with with young ones. Um, trying to think of one of the ones from the philosophy explorer stuff I do with six to eight year olds. Oh, I know my favourite one to ask with really young children, like down in reception. Uh, this is the session I got from my friend Grace Lock Robin. I don't know where she got it from, but I get them I get them talking about pets, and they were saying like, "Oh, I've got a dog, I've got a cat," and then I introduce them to my pet. I bring him out of a box, and I say, "Oh, this is this is this is my pet Gerald in here. And would you like to meet Gerald?" And they all say, "Yes, yes." And I bring out Gerald, and Gerald is a toaster. 
you know, and then I demonstrate that I can take Gerald for walks with the lead, you know, um, and that Gerald can do tricks like a backflip, and oh dear, he makes a little bit of a mess on the floor like pets sometimes can do. And by this point, they're all saying, well, Gerald can't be a pet. He's a toaster. That's ridiculous. And they're like, oh, poor Gerald. Why can't Gerald be a pet? Poor Gerald. They're nasty children. Um, uh, and then we get into, you know, well, what, what makes a good pet? You know, so it's it's a really good question to ask because um, you've got something solid for the kids to look at, like a toaster. You can't ignore a toaster; uh, it holds your attention. Uh, and and then, but it's also something like lots of people have got pets, so it's not like some adult thing they don't know anything about. It's something to do with the everyday life of a child of that age, so they've all got opinions about it. So reading, so going from your youngest to your oldest experience of with children how would you rate them oh what in terms of how it right so so working with reception okay so once i go below reception i was with nursery earlier on today and nursery is scary because they're very small people um and you don't know what they're going to do um reception reception is almost the limit uh, of the known world for me but i can do stuff with with nursery kids getting them uh, energized i love the energy of um younger children uh, and and their sense of fun, you know, I like telling silly stories with them that we create together, that can go in any direction. Um, with teenagers, um, older kids, it's really nice. They've got that bit more world experience, and you can talk about really serious and important things. I, I think probably the the nicest age or the easiest age to do philosophy with is like year five up to year seven, because by that time, you know lots of stuff about the world. You know, you've got a few more experiences. But also, once people go beyond year seven, they can be a little bit self-conscious and shy. And so it takes a little bit more to get to hear from everybody. So years five to seven, you know, people aren't too sort of self-conscious and shy. Um, so you can get straight into it. But they also know lots of stuff and have really, really interesting things to say. Hmm. And adults can be... The trouble with adults is they... They say that they won't say something because before they've said it, they've already thought of why it's not worth saying. So quite often, they don't. You know, there's not as much energy in discussions with adults as there is with kids. Do you have a favourite game, and if so, what would it be? Oh, favourite game. Um, I always have a game of chess on the go on my phone uh, with a friend who now lives in Canada. So I do love chess. Um, any other favourite games? I don't think there are any other games that are really as deep and uh, satisfying as chess because there's so many possibilities and different strategies and things like that. So, yeah, it has to be chess, I think. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. So That was the NPL Rocking Radio Station.